0: Yo, what up everybody? This is our very impromptu episode 200 because plans fell through, but it's okay. We already (laughs) had plans for the night. I guess we're technically going to talk about the thing, but we're probably just not going to like do our sort of normal breakdown unless you're like, want to try to (laughs) do it on the fly. Yeah, I'm just, (laughs) I'm
1: just thinking, yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't know. This is impromptu. This is kind of, you know, On the fly, but...
0: This is us almost kind of taking a week off to celebrate, because fuck y'all, we made it 200 episodes. I know,
1: it's surreal, it's fun. We're getting to celebrate it with a good friend, too. First time on the show as well. First time on the
0: show. We'll set it up and then we'll introduce you. Because we're talking about the thing due to the fact that another friend of the show who's been on multiple times, Alex, decided in these pandemic times to rent a theater and treat us all to a viewing And so we just got back from going and seeing fucking John Carpenter's The Thing on the big screen, which was fucking boss. And now in the studio is our good friend Jordan, who, if any of you back when we used to talk about it when we were doing it back in the day, actually followed the links and went and checked out the Jafarth videos, is probably better known as Don (laughs) Santo.
2: Hey. (laughs) Welcome.
0: We going i'm just totally thrown off partially because i'm still fucking really stoned from the edibles and <laughs> I also because we're kind of really fucking winging this
1: yeah of course so <laughs> uh, i mean we can kind of just i guess a little bit go into it a little bare bones but for those who don't know they should know but this is a remake of the original i can't remember when that year and all who directed it all that stuff but this the is a john carpenter a history it's, yeah i know it goes beyond that too of an adaptation right
0: with other influences thrown in there. Maybe one day we'll do a more complete breakdown. Eh. But
1: yeah, like I said, just, just bare bones. This is what I do know. Director, of course, John Carpenter. No stranger to the show. We've reviewed several of his films up to this point. I was just looking through some other people of note, and one of the guys I've seen was a cinematographer who was Dean Kundi and it's a guy we've actually talked about before, which is kind of neat because we talked about... Halloween 3, Season mm-hmm. of the Witch. I was like, oh, cool. So I saw that Todd Ramsey is like the editor. It looks like he's done some other stuff with John Carpenter, like Escape from New York. He yeah, helped with uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, the film Finding Home, some other big ones. But the music was the one that kind of caught my eye because I saw it was uh, Ennio Morricone. And how funny is that, that? We talked about him last week because of a quote in a film. And then he shows up this week in a film that we happen to go check out in the theater. So Yeah, and then, of course, the cast... You've got uh, Kurt Russell, big name, Keith David,
0: Wilfred Brimley, Brimley. T.K. Carter, David Clennon, Charles Hallahan, Richard Dysart.
1: Richard Mazur,
0: right? Yep. Yeah, so uh, that's
1: another big name.
2: Donald Moffat. Yep. Yeah,
0: Donald Moffat's another big name. Joel Polis, Thomas Waits, and the voice of the computer. Do you guys I didn't guys catch know? that, no. Adrian Barbeau. Oh, damn.
1: Should have known that. Should have guessed that around the time period, too. It makes sense. That's awesome. Good for her.
0: So I think this was while she was married to I Carpenter. think that sounds
1: about right, because Swamp Thing came out not too long or right around this time period, too, so... this mm-hmm. yeah,
2: this movie makes released June 25th of 1982.
1: Wow, so this would have been, like, a summer blockbuster. Damn, that's pretty awesome.
2: Well, I know, at least for me going
0: into it, it would probably been at least eight years since I had watched it, so this was kind of neat getting to rewatch it, because there was shit I had completely fucking forgotten. Like, I remembered... Especially because we had just got done watching uh, The Faculty not too long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the fucking blood scene and, like, the way it fucking reacted up and shit. I completely forgot that then, like, dude's head splits in half and, like, tries to choke down the other dude afterwards. I just remembered the fucking blood, you know what I mean?
1: There was a couple of things I I think I caught. Mm. I could be wrong. You guys can correct me if you think I'm maybe out of base with this one. But I feel like John Carpenter might have been paying a little bit of homage to Stanley Kubrick with The Shining in mm. certain scenes, like The Axe in particular. Okay. You know, it's just seeing... Not necessarily that he was doing the same thing, but I think there was maybe little little nods here and there. It's just like, hey, you know, game-recognized game.
0: I could see that, especially because the usual fear for being... I mean, plus oh, they're isolated. They, yeah. yeah, isolated down in Antarctica would be to go You can get crazy. stir
1: crazy, yeah. yeah, exactly. So, I just said, just little things like that. I think maybe I might be reaching, but I think that's what I okay. noticed.
0: The other thing I realized I completely forgot about was the fucking, like, Tremors moment.
1: Oh, dude, yeah, I totally forgot that. But I was like, wow, that's... There right. it is. Cool there, there it that. is. Yeah, I'll, hell yeah. I'll take that. But I think it's another one of those films, too, because it is... At this point, too, I mean, it goes beyond cult status. I think it's kind of an iconic horror film, especially when you think of John Carpenter's filmography. But I think it's another one of those films where other films are paying homage to it in these references, Mm -hmm. like with Tremors and some other stuff. I think even like a little bit of Alien, I think, was an influence on this film, too, with the hands going in, chest bursting and stuff like that, you know. Right. Some Cronenberg stuff going on in this shit as well, so...
0: I mean, the movie's so iconic that uh, there's an art print up oh, in the room out. that has a bunch of just sci-fi characters, and it, I think it's one of the few movies to be represented twice. Nice. I mean, th- there's a few franchises that are represented multiple times, but... Yeah. And one of them. Yeah, you have the spider head down in yeah. the foreground, See, yeah. but then you have... McReady. up behind yeah you have mcgreedy up behind k2so okay. he's kind I see of off the glare. star wars has a shit ton of characters on there oh, star no. trek has a number but then most of the other franchises are like one-offs yeah, you know what i mean yeah
2: like stitch
0: yeah yeah like stitch or uh like gordon shumway there good old alf mm-hmm. that's so awesome <laughs>
2: howard <laughs> that brings me days, back to yeah, when you're talking about the scenes in the uh, the movie, though, one thing that I still remember, because I was about in high school when I first saw this film, is the scene where they go to operate on the guy and the belly opens up and yep. rips the guy's arms off. I forgot
0: it happened so suddenly, and I almost fucking missed it, because I was, like, half-passed out in my fucking chair. <laughs> just, like, nice and full from the loaded yep. bacon tots and the fucking Oreo milkshake. Marijuanas. And... Yeah, gummy and cookies. I shouldn't have added that gummy on top because I already had a couple cookies before we (laughs) left the
1: house. Yeah, you're getting ready. (laughs) Hell yeah.
0: That that was my problem. And so at that point, like I was fighting just to be like, okay, you like this movie. Don't pass out. Don't pass out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think another really cool thing about this film, on top of seeing it in the theater and with, you know, a group of friends is how much comedy is in this film that goes beyond just us making little social, you know, our little commentaries in the background. I really enjoyed that too. Like it was aware that there were some funny moments going on, <laughs>
2: like uh, dancing spiders on fire. Yeah. Oh yeah, pretty funny. Jeez, um, <laughs> it's it kind of made me think of the Gremlins movie in some ways too. Yeah, like especially the sequel, like some of the just the way that they. Dying Gremlins thralls would be somewhere that little skittish,
0: right? Right, I I see that now. I don't know, I'm still just sort of like it was awesome to have a theater experience again for the first time. Oh, yeah, that felt so good. And like getting to hear been. other people reacting to different parts of the movie and stuff, and especially because it was like a giant group of friends anyway. Like we were all like throwing out a little bit more commentary <laughs> than we would during a normal fucking flick. Because like fuck it, I'm going to see them two days from now. Uh, exactly,
1: at exactly. Work
0: anyway, like
1: and we all know each other, so you know if we're annoying anybody, it's it's our own
2: friends yeah, and not strangers.
0: Yeah.
2: It's fuck
1: like, Yeah, that's how it's basically.
2: It's like, you, why aren't you saying something right now? It's almost like a mst 3 k thing
1: yeah. that's exactly how i feel about that it's, we're throwing our own little commentary on top of it yeah,
2: we'll get each other's humor in our quirks <laughs> precisely
1: yeah it was fun man
0: i really enjoyed that trying to think other things from it because it, it's so fresh still
2: right so when like the foreshadowing in the film between the uh their base and the base of the norwegians that they this is cover absolutely how you know, certain events seem to kind of marry each other
1: yeah I did think that was really cool. You know, they didn't realize that that was their fate. That was their upcoming fate. It's just we're seeing, you know, the aftermath of what happened to the Norwegians. We didn't see their timeline.
0: However, if you actually understand Norwegian, the dude in the beginning says, get the hell away. It's not a dog. It's imitating a dog. It's not real. Get away, idiots.
1: There you go. And then fucking Lloyd Bridges is,
0: you know, dead aims his ass oh right yeah i always thought that that was kind of funny though like like, straight up in the beginning if you understand norwegian they tell you yo fucking dog's no good i mean you should be able to figure that Uh, out though anyway right like yeah they you're not normally gonna be helicopter fucking hunting a dog for no reason
1: no 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 i would man
0: you ain't that hungry
1: (laughs) i was thinking you know can't help it you think of silly shit all the time i'm saying this as myself but I was like, the only way that would be appropriate is if this was filmed somewhere not in Antarctica. Is what I'm, that's about the extent as far as I'll go with that Come there.
0: That's how you get fucking John Wick after you.
2: Oh, no doubt.
0: 100%. You don't want John Wick after you. No. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> here, it looks like it took place in several locations. Refrigerated sets on, in LA, as well as wow. Juneau, Alaska, and Stewart, British Columbia. Nice on a 15 million dollar budget
1: pretty nice little budget there especially for 1982 when this came out so we'll probably filmed sometime in 81 i would imagine mm-hmm.
0: so neat little bit of trivia because you touched on the fact that it seems to mirror a little bit of the shining at parts at Amundsen scott base at the south pole in antarctica Right after the last plane leaves for the season, when they actually have to do the like what they're planning to do and fucking stay in for a few months, right afterwards, they screen a double feature, uh, oh. the thing and the shining wow, <laughs>
1: there you go, dude, that's awesome. Sometimes you just can't help notice some of the parallels, you know, in certain films.
0: that's kind of fucked up, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what? I mean, I get it. It's like a little dark humor, like,
1: <laughs> oh, no doubt. What I was going to say was, I wonder how much this film influenced some of the X-Files as well. Well, You know, you're finding this huge UFO, you know, in the Antarctic. And it's like, that's pretty obvious. There's alien life form. And that's kind of the whole basis of the X-Files beginning with, with Fox Mulder and some of, you know, his
2: storyline and what have you. And aliens have been raiding our culture for such a long time. Yeah, I thought it was cool that...
1: That they used the uh, Chariots of the Gods, which was that Eric Von Donegan reference, which we talked about before, too. I'm trying to think if it was with, ah, oh, was it with the Relic? Something like that. There was something that we reviewed where that was, ah, uh, no, it was God Told Me To. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. That's right. That's what it was. So I thought it was kind of cool,
0: Yeah. Did you know that they shot a happy ending for this? I did not. What was it? know. Yeah. Apparently very very few people have ever seen it. But it was more shot like just in case like the studio came down on them hard and they really needed to just like have something to be able to appease them Makes sense. and still be able to put the movie out, so they shot it while they still had the crew together to get it done. And it is Kurt Russell gets rescued and gets a blood test done to show that he's not the fucking alien. Okay. That's cool. That's a happy ending. That's a super mega happy ending. <laughs> I
1: like the fact that we didn't get that ending because we've talked about it before is you don't need a it with fans of horror, in this case sci-fi and stuff like that, you know. Just give us the goods, man. Give us the real deal.
0: There is, of course, an alternate ending that does get packaged a lot on discs with the thing back in the Slide Dog form mm. walking away from the base and looks back as it's burning and then sort of, like, trudges out.
1: Nice, man. I like that, too. Yeah, there's a part of me that's like, yeah, if it freezes right there, they've already laid the storyline out. Like, if it freezes, it's okay. It's going to wait till that rescue team comes anyway, and then it's going to restart its havoc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so regardless, it's still there, no matter who's infected at that point. So I do like that. It's not a happy ending, regardless of how you look at it.
2: It just keeps going and going.
1: Right, exactly. Regardless of... Whether it's Kurt Russell or Keith David, it doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> you can almost compare it in a way to some of those Japanese horror films where the curse it just keeps right. going and going, and there's no escape. Everything that comes in contact is going to <laughs> feel it's it's yeah, it's kind of malice
1: Kind of felt like what we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coincidentally <laughs> enough, once again. So I just find it odd, you know, and odd, you know, funny, what have you. That a lot of films that we've been reviewing lately tend to come up more than once after we've done them. And this is another case of that. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool. But once again, you can't help but notice parallels between a lot of films. So it's, I think that's cool.
2: It's got great special effects too. Yeah.
1: Special effects were yeah. awesome. Briefly talked about it on the, you know, ride back with a uh, uncredited with Stan Winston, big name, special effects. And I talked about it, Lance Anderson, who I wouldn't say like huge name, but he's a pretty well-known name in special effects done some pretty cool stuff talked about him before because i talked about the actors that plays nancy from a nightmare on elm street's married to the son of Lance anderson who's also into special effects so on occasion she helps with their crew so i thought that was pretty cool
0: and even just uh, i mean some of the ways they made it look as good as it did like during the arm chomp or the fucking stomach chomp or however you want to, to say it It was a fucking double amputee stand-in that had a fucking mask on. That says a lot,
1: you know, that they were willing to do that. And it paid off. It looked good.
0: Yeah. No, all the effects looked really good. I knew they looked good because, honestly, like, every, like, special on horror that has ever been made for TV, whenever they talk about effects, they at least show one or two scenes from this movie. Yeah. So most of them I've seen like a hundred times, even if I haven't seen the movie that many times, but it was really fucking neat to get to see it on the big screen for the first time.
1: Yeah, no doubt. How often can you say that, that you've seen it, you know, and not being its original run? Mm -hmm. So that says a lot too. And one for us, you know, regardless of which film was our last film, it was cool that this was like our return to theaters is going to see that on the big screen. So I'm thankful for that. That That's a good way to bring it back.
2: Mm -hmm. And it was cool to hear that, you know, there were members of our party who came to the theater who'd never seen this before. I know. That was exciting. The theatrical experience was their their first.
0: That's true.
1: That's pretty good. That's a milestone. I would mark it down as a milestone experience.
0: Yeah. Getting to see the thing for the first time in theaters in 2021.
1: Right. You know, with (laughs) a group of friends. That was awesome. And uh, I had a great time. I hope they did as well.
0: Right. I know. I wish some of them were here, but whatever.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we get it. It's still COVID. You it's know? still
0: COVID. That's why, yeah. And shit happens. If you guys listen to our last episode, <laughs> you know that we had completely different plans for this I episode. I know. In
1: life, it happens <laughs> fast sometimes, and we have to make alterations. But if nothing else, we are getting to talk about a film that it is a milestone film, regardless. I know we're not doing a proper, you know, review of it, but it's still worth mentioning because it is a seminal film in horror.
0: Well, it's like it is one of those ones that's been talked about so often that it's hard to add in anything new. Yeah, except we for all our own... know the tension. We basically talked about the fucking blood scene when we talked about faculty, right? Exactly. Just a few weeks ago.
1: Yeah, so if you get that, then you'll understand what happens in this. It's essentially the same.
2: This movie kind of followed a trend of a lot of other movies where it didn't do very well initially, but then home release, like yeah, it made the cult, it big cult followings.
1: I think that's something that I I really miss about that time period too. Not necessarily 82 per se because I was like, you know, a couple months old. But just the the fact that you didn't necessarily have to go see a film in the theater. You could go and rent it multiple times and still get this really unique experience, you know. And that's cool because it brings those films Mm -hmm. a little bit more to the forefront through word of mouth and, you know, Sometimes that's the ways of getting that recognition. You know, you might not hit it out at the ballpark at the theater, but it yeah, does they, well at home.
2: Yeah, they made only like nineteen point six million dollars. Yeah, so yes, barely. Whatever. Run. Yeah, I guess that's because I'm reading said uh, they were facing competition from E. T. Oh wow! <laughs> so yeah, they were up against with Spielberg its, with its positive spin on the Alien.
1: That's kind of interesting. I didn't. I didn't realize the that audience to is, have
2: these. Two dueling alien. Right. Movies yeah, no, one is very negative and one is rather wholesome family wholesome. friendly,
1: which we were kind of joking well, about that. <laughs> unless
2: you're my brother, he can't still to this day can't watch E.T. It makes him want to puke. Wow. In fact, he, he did back when it first came out. Wow. But could he look at Larry King? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He rests in peace. <laughs>
0: Look even more like E. T. now. Oh my god. That's
1: <laughs> funny. <laughs> but true. Uh <laughs> no, I think uh like I said, overall just oh, a wow. fun experience, man, too.
2: We'll have to uh, watch this again when it comes out. Apparently a remake was announced in twenty twenty for this film.
1: Hmm. Oh no shit, really. Anybody attached to it that it say?
2: That sounds really cool. To...
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean for a film like this, I know we've we've done our like hypothetical of if we can get Somebody on board to to do it. Who would you have to do it? And once again, it's one of those where it's playing on the cosmic horror a little bit, too. You know, body horror. We've seen it with Color Out of Space recently and stuff like that. Well,
0: I mean, the thing is, if you're going to remake the thing, Mm -hmm. don't remake the thing. Mm -mm. Finally give Guillermo the money to do his Uh, version of At the Mountains of Madness. I
1: would much prefer to see that.
0: Which doesn't involve the, like, body takeover paranoia aspect as much but you still get a globby amorphous creature like there's a lot that's in common with this movie and that story already so it just be another take and fucking finally let Guillermo make that because he's been wanting to for like half his fucking career oh let him him
2: do his own thing yeah
1: (laughs) I like that but I know you can't help notice this I can't help noticing it either how much this was probably inspired by some H.P. Lovecraft and things of that nature. So it's one of those It's like you can't help but notice it, man. It pops up a lot.
0: I mean, the original story is from that same time period. Yeah. Same sort of pulp story. It makes a lot of sense.
1: Absolutely. You know, but it's cool. Still showing up almost 60 years later at this juncture when this film came out.
0: I'd also forgotten Keith David was in this.
1: Yeah, he does a really good job, man. I mean, he's not in it a lot but he does a good job when he is in it
0: you know who young keith david reminds me of
1: keenan ivory wayne's no i just decent just i don't know. Pfeiffer.
0: oh yeah that's a good
1: point i like that that's a good comparison yeah
0: we could just have like now middle-aged Mackay play <laughs> young <Wow>. fucking <laughs> there you <laughs> keith go david we're already pitching the casting i yeah. don't fucking know <laughs> oh
1: we could get kurt russell's son oh yeah to play I don't know if he'd be up for it because he's mm-hmm. kind of a ringer for his dad
0: um what about wilford brimley
1: he'll be wilford uh i don't know <laughs> I, I hate to throw names out because you know the beatus gets attached <laughs> to it automatically and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings
0: <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> oh the beatus yeah i don't know like I said, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily want to see this one get straight remake. Nah, no, no,
1: no, I think this one is.
0: I want to see something close. But look, if someone's going to straight remake this, then like I don't know. Like I'm still down with for it. But right, but put your own little story twist on it. That's really close. That I'd I, see.
1: I think I'd much prefer to see that as well. But yeah, I don't know much more what I can say about it without you know us doing a proper review. But if you haven't seen it and you're listening to us BS about it. Definitely do yourself a favor and check it out.
2: It's interesting. Some of the things I'm reading here, before they even hired Kurt Russell, they had ideas of using uh, Nick Nolte, Jeff Bridges, or Christopher Walken. Can imagine Christopher Walken as... Wow. (laughs) There's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) There's a thing. (laughs) Out there. (laughs) If you come any closer, I'll I'll blow this thing up. I'll do it. I'll do it.
1: (laughs) That would be. Does your mother sew? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah, man. That would have been interesting seeing him. And that too was a time period where I think he was starting to take off. Christopher Walken, Nick Nolte. Damn.
0: Nolte. Yeah. That would have been funny. I can
2: see Nolte more than Walken in that role.
1: Without a doubt. I think he fits it a little bit more.
2: This year it took Russell about a year to grow his hair and beard out for that role. Wow.
1: Look good. I want to know if this is a start of, but. It really was one of those things where, you know, he started being in a lot of JC films after that, dude. Mm-hmm. Prepare, and,
2: he prepared his face for his role as Santa Claus years later. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. Yeah, Pat and I talked about it throughout the week because he <laughs> asked me, he's like, what's some of your favorite JC films? It was like, um, you know, if you take away Halloween as a thing, then it becomes an interesting subject or a topic. And I, still one of my favorites, I'm not going to lie, is, is – uh,
0: Go uh,
1: <laughs> is a uh, big trouble. Oh yeah, man, I love that film. Kurt Russell kicks ass in it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a basis for some of the characters in Mortal Kombat as well. So mm-hmm. has some cool connections there.
2: Here I'm reading this: Jeffrey Holder, Carl Weathers, and Bernie Casey were considered for the role of Childs.
1: Damn, and Carpenter Carl also
2: looked at Isaac, Isaac Hayes, having worked with him on Escape from New York. Damn.
1: Isaac Hayes on this?
2: Ernie Hudson was the front runner and was almost cast until they met with Keith David. Wow. I think I would have liked the Carl Weathers one.
0: Carl no,
1: Weathers would have been boss. Yeah. Apollo.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Shit, I didn't look up any of the... Well, this the is interesting. ...in the fucking casting.
2: And the thing was David's first significant film role coming from a theater background. So he had to oh. learn on set how to hold himself back and not show every emotion his character was feeling. That's kind of... Makes a thing an even bigger, sounding the pun again, a bigger thing, I guess.
1: No, when you're bringing (laughs) in somebody from theater who can exhibit that kind of presence. Yeah. And then have the restraint, too, to hold back and some of that. It shows you why he is a good actor. He's still doing stuff, man. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I hate it. I won't say hate to say it, but when I think of him, I think of him in a Requiem for a Dream.
0: hmm Dude, the computer just straight up saying probability that one or more team members may be infected by an intruder organism, 75%. Yeah. I'm like, you do not have a computer in this time period that is running that fucking algorithm. No way, it is dude. not spitting out that fucking problem. No, no, no. You That's why it is you funny. You don't have the options to put in <laughs> that kind no, of data. I'm not buying that
1: stuff. Get out of here.
0: And Wilfred you did not write a program in that room in the last three <laughs> hours either.
1: All right, let me ask you this, since we're on this topic. I do have more stuff to say. <laughs> the spaceship that Wilford Brimley was fucking making in his little makeshift workspace there.
0: Oh, was that him trying to get out, or was that the creature well, trying to get to him?
1: Well, yes, yes, and yes, but the, the whole point was like, do you honestly think he had enough time and enough resources and material to build it that fucking fast down there?
0: I mean, not, not what we saw.
1: No, no. But I mean, I understand it's alien in, in you know, form, what have you. But I perhaps, even, I don't know. But no, I'm not buying that. <laughs> like that thing looked almost fucking complete.
0: Oh, I'm actually seeing a couple of the other candidates that were also in mind other than Walken and Nick Nolte. And this is amazing. The script was written with Clint Eastwood or Harrison Ford in mind. That Damn. would have been different. Probably for the Lloyd Bridges role. No, for McCready. Really? Yeah. Wow, okay. And other candidates included wow. Tom Barringer.
1: Okay, I could see that.
0: Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Scott Glenn. Sam Shepherd. Damn. And Ed Harris. Wow, that's some big names. And Powers Booth. Damn. Kevin Conway and Lee Van Cleef were all considered for Gary.
1: Damn, okay. That's pretty cool.
0: I wonder if
1: I can
2: Lee Van Cleef.
1: That too.
0: The uh,
2: bad himself? That would have been dope. I guess John Carpenter wanted to cast Donald Pleasance as uh For Blair. For Blair, but uh, he was decided he was too recognizable to accommodate hmm. the role, so they chose Wilfred Brimley with his everyman persona. Brimley
1: did a great job, without a doubt.
0: And uh, Alec Baldwin was considered for Fuchs and for Palmer.
1: That's interesting. Huh. Wow, I bet you the casting in this was a motherfucker.
0: But of course, the other big thing was originally it wasn't going to be John Carpenter directing. Dang,
1: 82 would have been attached. Does it have names? Toby Hooper. Wow. I mean, it it does make sense if you think Mm -hmm. about it, yeah. I could totally see that. It would have been interesting seeing his vision for it.
0: Apparently his vision would have had... The thing not being able to shapeshift, and the plot resembling Moby Dick a little bit more. Mm,
1: okay, gotcha. I don't know, I like J.C.'s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, J.C.'s awesome.
2: This is kind of an interesting little tidbit of what I found here. Apparently, uh, Masur, you know, who plays Clark, he turned down a role in E.T. to play in this film. Damn. Oh, wow.
0: crazy. <laughs> That's funny. We're finally stopped shit on the go now. I know, I like it. Fuck, no, this is good movie. I'm, I'm real. I was looking forward to this all week. I'm glad it ended up being as fun as it did. Plus, like I said, like it had just been too long since I'd watched this fucking movie, so I'm real glad I got to rewatch this movie because it's a good fucking movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes sense all these years later why this film keeps getting brought up in conversations for some of the best horror films made. You could say not just for the '80s, but period. Mm -hmm. and i would say you know you could make a solid argument for this film being one of those you know i wouldn't say it's my favorite horror film per se but it's a damn good one
0: yeah yeah anybody who says that i understand oh without a doubt myself yeah yeah like i'm not ready
1: (laughs) i'm not ready to put it on that pedestal but you know i'm not gonna knock you if it is yours you know like i said because it's a solid film solid entry
0: might knock you if like death house is your favorite oh yeah that's a different argument
1: and a different discussion Verotica. Yeah, i when to be like, oof.
0: Slaughter vomit dolls.
1: Yeah, we got some conversations to be had we about that. <laughs> Especially that last one, like, we really need to talk.
2: <laughs> you need some explaining. Oh, the associate producer, Larry Franco, is the, like, the guy that played the Norwegian. Oh, no shit. Oh, that's nice. cool. Damn. So I know this has been a rather scattered
0: episode for all of you listening out there, and not really in our normal, like, format, but... Thank you for continuing to listen. This is our two hundredth, and this is us just unwinding and getting to have a good time with it and We appreciate the fact that you all have continued listening through all this fucking time.
1: It does mean a lot. you know it's one thing to sit here in the studio you know and have fun with friends you know between you and I and getting to talk about a lot of these films that we enjoy. but it is fun to to reach out and know other people are listening and giving us some love and you know recommending some really good films on top of it
2: right the photography began in august of 1981
1: there you go so yeah I've, typically i think around that time period a lot of films were filmed you know six months to a year out mm-hmm. from when they were released so it would only make sense
0: going forward though we do Ooh. know what our plans are yeah we do because they don't depend on anyone else <laughs> i know <laughs> just
1: us, uh, so you
0: know if so we something happens to us
1: yeah then we're good
0: so going forward let's see Next week, we got Bride of Reanimate. Dude, that's going to be a lot of fun. Then we got Leprechaun. Yeah, hell yeah. Then we got Queen of Black Magic. And then we got Queen of Black Magic.
1: Yeah, and that is not a misreading or you're not hearing it twice by mistake. (laughs) That's going to be fun, man. That's going to be fucking wild.
0: And with that much time to plan, I didn't talk about this with you beforehand. We got a whole month, month and a half planned out. Then maybe we'll get back to Carrie.
1: (laughs) No doubt. No doubt.
0: If you're listening.
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) We do like to space things out, too, because, you know, four films with the same topic... You know, we wanted to space things out, but we did say we were going to get back to it, so we, we will. We, we do promise that.
0: We, we, and I wanted to make. I want to try to make it special, so we're going to hopefully have a guest on. for Nice,
1: this. yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a hell of That's fun. Part of
0: the problem, is yeah. We, I have to get in touch with some people that and get things worked out.
1: I so. no doubt, but we will make it worthwhile for those who do want to see that and hear that.
0: <laughs> Plus, just a lot more fun coming. Maybe not right away, because I have a feeling we're going to run into 420 at some point in there. Ooh, yes. So we might not be able to jump to carry right off, because by that point, we might be having to get stupid stoned, because it'll oh, be yes. our first 420 in a state where recreational is technically legal. Yeah,
1: good point, man. So we're going to have to get faded.
0: We're just going to keep continuing for, like, I don't know. How's another 200 sound?
1: Oh, man. And beyond. So Let's do it. I'm up for it. I'm up for the challenge.
0: Unless there's any, any last thoughts on the thing, I think this has been a fun little excursion from our, our normal, but still a good time sitting here getting to talk about a fucking horror movie. Yeah, no doubt. Jordan, you got anything?
2: Well, uh, one thing we were talking about was how you know everything kind of mirrored each other mm-hmm. in more ways than one. It says, Carpenter filmed the Norwegian camp scenes after the end scenes using the damaged American base as a stand-in for the charred Norwegian camp.
1: Nice. Explosive
2: Smart. Explosive destruction of the base required the camera systems to stand inside the set with explosives, which were activated remotely. Damn. So, in a sense, it really was a mirror because it was the very same Ah, uh-huh. there you base.
1: go. You know, I would not have thought that, but
2: that's a t- that's a, that's a t-
1: in terms of practicality, it makes sense. as like, and budget. W- yeah, why create two explosions when we can use this <laughs> and then go back and, yeah. Create another story with this. Yeah, I like that. I think that's smart. It was really cool. Yeah, dude. Like so, that's another thing I do enjoy. Is we get to learn all these cool things behind the scenes and shit you normally wouldn't see on screen, anyhow. So yeah, mm-hmm. another good reason on why I enjoy this.
2: They sure like their flamethrowers in this movie. <laughs> do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. I mean, had a flamethrower.
0: I take be, advantage I'd be of flame it. Flamethrowing everything. Hell yeah!
2: And I've seen a video of someone like far? doing that to do a sidewalk. I'd I'd try to get so good with it that I could fucking
0: trim my pubes with it.
1: (laughs) I need more power to you.
0: I'd be master of the fucking (laughs) flamethrower. I think for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. I'm Jordan. Fried squirms.
2: Out. Out. My fine choice. (laughs)